Satnam, Satnam, and welcome, welcome, everyone. It's been some time now, and I'm so excited to be here with you, especially today on this very magical day where we are literally less than 24 hours from this moment in time and space that I'm referring to as a rites of passage that is known as the autumn equinox, which we're going to be talking about today. So if you're feeling all of the emotions of the human experience, especially this week, if you're feeling like you're being initiated into something really bigger than yourself, then you're definitely in the right alignment. But today I want to go deeper into this so that we can step into a new timeline with sovereignty and without our old baggage. And I want to talk a little bit more about Dharma, life purpose, and what this has to do with the frequency that you are. Because I don't know if you knew, but you, my friend, are an electric magnetic field. Everything in this world is a frequency. It's a vibration. And you are an electric field, a giant electric field, which holds atoms together and which uses electric fields to talk to other bits of yourself. So everything is constantly vibrating, a vibration. And so because of this, your thoughts, feelings, and emotions create a frequency. And sadly, maybe not sadly, but as part of your incarnation and why we incarnated, a lot of that has to do with feelings of unworthiness. Because of these, because of these thoughts, feelings, and emotions of unworthiness that have been programmed in us, whether that is through society, through our families, through our ancestral lineage, through religion, Because of these programs, we ourselves have no ability to, number one, hear the voice of guidance, whether you call that God, intuition, the divinity that is guiding you and showing you the way and why your soul incarnated and how you're here to serve. Or number two, we don't feel worthy enough to actually step into these really powerful eras phases of our lives where we're authentically embodying ourselves fully and unapologetically so today i want to talk a little bit about this electromagnetic field about why there's no pill out there to heal unworthiness and why when we heal our sense of unworthiness because you can not only will you heal the relationship with yourself but You will align with your life purpose. You will understand what Dharma is and you'll be able to step into it unapologetically and in full sovereignty. Satnam, Satnam and welcome ladies. Thank you so, so much for being here. We're over here on Facebook, catching a live. My friends over here on Instagram as well. And of course, now on YouTube, it's kind of neat that we can jump into all these different platforms. And I'm sharing this over here as well with my friends over on my personal uh, friends, because this is a topic that I get a lot of questions on uh, life purpose, Dharma, and a lot of it, I definitely, I feel that it has to do with the fact that they know my story as well, where I was a real estate broker, uh, pretty much at the top of my game, 15 years in the game, pretty successful, uh, was serving in leadership positions, owned my own company, you know, and I left it all. And I completely said goodbye and closed that chapter of my life three years ago to align and to serve in my purpose today, which is to create the coaching company that I've created, which is Satori Wellness and Spirituality, Spirituality, which serves the Sovereign Woman Academy. It's a group coaching program for women disrupting ancestral karmic powers or uh, patterns, excuse me. And so I, I get it that I get that question a lot because they wonder, how did you do it? Like you just left a 15 year business and never looked back. But I think on a deeper level, there's a mass, a spiritual awakening that is happening. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this equinox happening tomorrow, how to use these energies to your advantage, why it's so important. But before that, I think it's important for us to realize that there is a mass spiritual awakening that is happening. And people are really asking the bigger questions as one of them being, why am I here? You know, what is my sole purpose? And today we're going to really look at what that even is, because I think we can get it really confused. And many times we take action upon what we think society would approve of, or we do things based off of seeking love or approval 
from parents that could not be conscious enough to give it to us or anyone outside of us because we don't feel whole and complete. And so as we talk about life purpose and dharma, we'll get clear on what it is and we'll look at how energy plays a big field in this and a big part in this. And then I'll give you some solutions because that's one of the things that we do have now that our ancestors never had access to these, these incredible cool tools like kundalini yoga technology, the spiritual psychotherapy that I teach to disrupt these patterns because that's where it starts, right? If it's all frequency, then we got to get to the level of the root, which is the frequency of the thought and the feeling of emotion. And so going back to the equinox, why this is such an important and relevant topic, especially this week, this is a really important time. It's a, I was just recently in Crestone, Colorado. And those of you that are signed up to my newsletter, sign up uh, by going into the link in my bio if you're on Instagram. Every week I send out a weekly newsletter kind of sharing what's happening personally and in business. And I give you a ton of tools and weekly guidance and meditation. But I was sharing with everyone in my newsletter how I was in Crestone, Colorado the last four days. And it was uh, my son turned 18 which is crazy, but it was kind of like not as weird because he already graduated high school. He graduated like a whole year early. He went in a year early and graduated early. So kind of like to us, he's already been out of school. So we've really enjoyed him being already Damien, the adult, right? But it was really important because even, even though that was happening, I could feel his and emotions and he definitely can, could feel like this chapter closing, you know, this, this, childhood and this being and not an adult and now moving into this um, new phase of his life so he does he's the one that actually decided that he wanted to go to Creston I said what do you want to do for your birthday you were asking him and he's like I want to go to Creston Colorado and we were like awesome and and right away I received the download like this is the rites of passage that he needs and you have to understand like we in modern society don't really honor rites of passages like our ancestors did. Some people still do, like, especially through religion, like if you, you um, like bar mitzvahs are a great example of that. Or in my culture, like uh, quinceañeras, like, so when a woman turns 15, she's going into womanhood and they throw a big party and it's basically honoring that new phase of our life. And so that's what a rites of passage is. And, and in ancient civilizations or ancient ancestors, and still now tribes, indigenous tribes, have these really important ceremonies that help that transition into a new phase, into a new life, right? We have one for at least at 13. That's really beautiful. Yeah, and 13, think about it. It's like literally stepping in, especially nowadays, women young girls are stepping into womanhood with their periods too, a lot younger than our grandmas and our great grandmas. So things like that. And, and yeah, they don't have to be like fancy or something like that. Like for us, it was going away to Crestone, being in nature, connecting with our emotions and just kind of surrendering to that moment and, and, and allowing nature to guide us. And so, yeah, for your daughters, it's so cool that you did that um, for at least Lizzie, because that gives them the space to to feel the emotions of change. And, and if we don't do that for our children, they tend to find that, that uh, peace during such big moments of change from an outer world that cannot give it to them from people outside of them, maybe even their friends who probably are going through the same thing. But when they find peace and acceptance and space to be seen and heard while they're going through these big transitions, that's where the healing really happens. And that's why any trauma that a child experiences, if they are seen and heard in that moment in time and space, then they're going to grow up and develop very differently than one that was not seen and heard and that basically was ignored or it was tucked under the rug. So that's really beautiful that you're able to do that. And so uh, this rites of passage, while we were there in Creston, Colorado, for me, Creston, Colorado is the most sacred land on this entire planet. My family and I were guided to this very mystical little town, 143 population. It is very unique. A lot of enlightened beings have been intuitively guided to go there. So there's been many monks from Nepal, shamans from Peru, different energy workers, light workers, 
this land calls to them because of its frequency and and and, and the history. It's called Sangre de Cristo Mountains, which actually that's the name the colonization, the colonizers actually put on it, which it means blood of Christ. And there was a lot of blood that was that transpired there because of the colonization. So there's a lot of history there. And at a deeper level, the ancestors like the Native Americans really honored that land for its healing capabilities, its abilities to expand your consciousness. And just as much there's a, as there's a lot of light because there's it's really unique where there's a lot of monasteries, different religions, and they all like uh, they all interchange in equanimity. There's no hate or separation. It's just all it works and flows very beautifully. But just as much as there's light, of course, there's the darkness. There's the dark aspect of the human experience there. It's not all love and light, right? And when you go there, it is protected by a, a, a saint and many elements that actually protect it from people that try to go in and capitalize it. You know, you see so many people that want to jump on the wellness wagon and just want to do retreats and are not really conscious about the work that they're doing with people. And they're doing it basically because they're treating it as a fad and not necessarily like their life purpose and life calling. So there are elements and, and saints that actually protect the space as well. So you try to capitalize on it, it will backfire on you very karmically. And I've seen it happen. That's why I'm telling you, not with me, but with someone else, because I'm very respectful of that land incredibly. In fact, when we finally did acquire land there, because we were so blessed to uh, have a purchased land there, three acres, instead of us going to say, this is what we're going to do on the land. We actually went and prayed on the land. We had a ceremony there, my family and I, and we asked the land, what do you want us to do here? And the land told us, this is what I want you to do, which is what we're working on now as a, as a family. So this is a very, very sacred place. And yes, a lot of darkness. There's problems with meth addiction. There's a lot of people there that are definitely not grounded. I think there's people that took way too many psychedelics and they didn't learn how to come back down into their bodies, which is a, a big danger. I mean, I, I, I can definitely see that. Without Kundalini Yoga for me, when I went to the Peruvian jungle to work with Mother Ayahuasca in San Pedro, I was only in the spiritual realm. I was like only in my upper triangle. And I, I didn't, I was very sensitive to being a human being. And, and that's not healthy because to be a sovereign woman, you have to honor your incarnation, learn how to work with the human physical experience as well as the spiritual. So it's, it's it, so you see a lot of that too. A lot of the, you know, that love and light kind of new age stuff so it's not like per se oh only enlightened beings are allowed in there no that is a perfect whole universe there's no good or bad there is just light and dark and it's only an unhealed mind that would judge anything there in fact what you're there to do is actually a lot of shadow work because the frequency is so high when i was there I went to the stupa of enlightenment that I go to. I mean, and we go there at three to four times a year. I was literally, we were guided to this amazing life-changing experience of the stupa where there are very few stupas of enlightenment throughout the world, throughout the nation in the United States. And I visited the three that are here, but that one has been life-changing. And every time I walk it, cause you walk it three times, you set your intentions. My, my timeline has shifted very quickly. It's an expansion of consciousness because these stupas, they actually have uh, many enlightened beings came and they left like their meditation mats inside of it, a piece of hair, their robes for their monks, you know, like different things that have their energy field that are left there for people to come and to receive that healing. So they're very powerful places on earth that can really help you tremendously so I went and I was walking it and little did I know that during that time there was a Rinpoche who is an enlightened being he was probably from Nepal I'm thinking but he comes every year and he came that day or that weekend to do a private retreat he he goes up in the mountains and these mountains look like Mount Everest it's like uh, unheard of it's unseen I mean I've never seen anything like it and I've traveled a lot and there's no noise, everything, there's a crispness to it there. Like you don't even want to talk loud, right? And he camps out in the mountain every year and he does a retreat for people to come and to camp 
out with him and to be with him and to meditate, which is probably a life-changing experience that I definitely would be interested in doing, but not this year, maybe next year. But, you know, the energy was so incredible. It was potent. But again, one of the things that I shared in my newsletter is everyone's like, oh, that's amazing. Well, we were there just as much as there's the light, there's the shadow. So this place forces you also to face your shadows and it forces you to face them so that you can unload them so that you can learn to accept them, not reject them. Because you, you, if you are, you're projecting them out into the world and which is you're creating your reality, which was so perfect for us, especially during my son turning 18, we have autumn equinox that's happening tomorrow these equinoxes are like huge portals of energy because we're literally getting a brand new sun. We have a new sun in moving into a completely new sign. But what this does is that it's the equilibrium, the day that there's the same amount of sun and um, darkness, which also recalibrates us as human beings, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So you have to think we're like plants, right? The water, we get enough water, we get enough um, light and we grow beautifully right? And, and plants are impacted by the light that they're receiving from the sun. So when there's transitions like this, this is why the ancestors, ancient ancestors always practice ritual. They did ceremonies. They used these different energies that were coming into mother earth to break through obstacles, to get downloads from God, to one of the things that it does is that it works very heavily on our emotions. So it works also a lot on the brain and the neurons that are processing these emotions. So during a day like tomorrow, when you practice meditations, the impact of the meditation is like a thousand times fold. Like you could literally jump through timelines. You could break through serious traumas that you've been holding on to when you're practicing these specific meditations, which is why in Kundalini Yoga, the lineage that I teach and I come from, that specific is a science of energy where we practice specific meditations that actually do this, especially on days like tomorrow. In fact, I'm hosting a workshop tomorrow. It's a virtual workshop in my membership community, which if you stay tuned, I will tell you how you can join us as well tomorrow at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This workshop is our rites of passage ceremony. We'll be actually hosting this celebration of the past and an honoring of the past, but of welcoming of the future and getting really clear because the energy is really potent for manifestation. So if you're not aware of your thoughts, it works both ways. You're also manifesting the, the trauma or the, the continued pattern of whatever ancestor has been giving that down ancestrally through the lineage. And a lot of that, of course, you know, they said like 70% is not very high vibrational. We're talking about trauma, abuse, karmic relationships, toxic relationships, depression, anxiety, addiction, all of these different energies that were not, that our ancestors could not process themselves, that they didn't have the tools. They didn't get, they didn't go to therapy. They didn't have um, a way of coping of, of healing. And honestly, we think we have it bad, but I was just sharing with everyone in my community. Like I was listening to one of my favorite doctors, Dr. Gabor Mate. He's a trauma doctor and he grew up in the holo uh, during the Holocaust and he was a Holocaust baby. And he was talking about how, and especially like around the seventies, like the number one parenting book that was out was written by the psychologist who basically was teaching parents that like, if babies cry, you shouldn't pick them up. Or if a baby's hungry, you should only feed a baby every four hours. And if he cries because he's hungry, don't feed him. So we created a, 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 a generation of children that suffered serious abandonment issues for many, 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 many years, because we now know that if a baby cries, we need to hold the baby. We need to be there for the baby, right? If, if they're hungry, we need to feed the baby, right? And, and that's not what was being taught. And, and because it was being taught from psychologists and from doctors, parents just believed it and they did it. So we do have it bad. We have different challenges in, in our childhood, where however, whatever age you are growing up in. But I thinking about the past and thinking about some of the things my grandmother went through and our great grandmother, that was like, wow, there's some serious trauma that we're still dismantling in this generation. Homeless Rukia, it's so good to see you here.
So during this time of the, of the autumn equinox, it's like we have this portal of energy that allows us to use the energy to go deep and to rewire the subconscious. And this is very important, especially as it relates to unworthiness. Now, when women come to me and they say, you know, how did you find your life purpose? How did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Why were you so confident? And when I think about those questions, I always think about them biophysically, because I think we need to understand it with the logical mind, but also spiritually, because a big part of that was the spiritual aspect of the guidance, right? And the intuitive nudges and the, and the channeling and the downloads, but a lot of it starts with understanding unworthiness. So let's, let's look at these three specific parts of why unworthiness and healing unworthiness is important to align with your dharmic purpose so that you can stop repeating the pattern that your ancestors followed, which probably had a lot to do with them not having the tools, capability, resources, even confidence, or even support to follow their life purpose. And then we'll look at some solutions because that's one of the things that I sent out today in my, and this week in my email, an actual meditation to help you with this. And I'll teach you a little bit on how to actually meditate. So you can start to integrate this today before tomorrow's autumn equinox so that you can literally like rewrite your destiny and align with your highest destiny. So the first thing I want to talk about is unworthiness and and understanding what it is and why it's important that we actually deal with it. So when you think about unworthiness, what, what does it mean? It means that you basically are lacking in excellence or you're lacking in value, right? It's, it's almost like, um, it's, it's, you, you think, how does this happen? Or I don't think I feel unworthy in any way, shape or form, but it's, it's like almost that, that inherent guilt or sin that a lot of people talk about. And that's why a lot of this unworthiness is not just from our parents and our parents did the best that they could, right? They, they, they programmed us based on their upbringing, right? If they had the tools to be more conscious, I'm sure they would have done a better job, right? But we also have to think about how religion programs us and how society, I mean, we live in a society where literally you're told to go be someone and to, and, and to be yourself and to be authentically you is not, it doesn't fit in a box, right? So it's, it's looked down upon and, and it's not something that, that is encouraged, right? And, and when you think about religion, there's this uh, feeling, especially the last few hundred years of this inherent uh, sin, like there's something in us that's inherently wrong, that, that we have to hide or that we have to pretend to be someone we're not because who we truly are is, is not worthy or is constantly being judged by a God that is just basically seeing all the good and the bad. So there's this, this, uh, if you think about our energy field and we are a frequency and you think about how ancestral karma is passed down, it's like a frequency. Unworthiness carries its own frequency that when not disrupted by the ultimate only truth, which is love, it continues and continues and continues. And it shows up in all areas of our life, not just in our businesses and our personal relationships, romantic relationships, and how much we charge and everything that we do and how we eat, how we clothe ourselves, every single aspect. So it's something we can't run away from, something we all have to deal with. In fact, it's your ticket into this incarnation, because once you start to feel whole and worthy, you're enlightened. And that's what you're here to do, to become enlightened, to become atoned. And I think a lot of people think that is like you live in a mountain, like the Rinpoche that I was talking about in Crestone. But I know many enlightened beings that don't live in a mountain. And you wouldn't even think that they're enlightened, I don't think, per the status quo of what a spiritual person or an enlightened being should look like, right? And so unworthiness, there's no pill. No one told us how to heal it. No one told us it was passed down. So how do we even deal with it? It's very easy. If all of it is an electromagnetic field, then what we have to learn to understand is our aura. Now, when I say aura, so many, that word triggers so many people because I think a lot of people right away think new age. What the hell is that? 
you know, or there we go again, you know, how can you prove that scientifically? But it is proven scientifically every single day. I said it right at the beginning. Your aura is an electromagnetic field. You emit a frequency. In fact, I don't know if you knew, but science proves that your blood emits a frequency, which is very important because spiritually we know that your blood is what connects you to the Holy Spirit, to God consciousness, right? So if your blood is toxified with emotions or the foods that we eat, that connection is not going to be very clear. So of course, you're not going to know or hear God as to why you're here. What's your dharmic purpose, right? So everything emits a frequency. There's a vibration. And that's what your aura is. It's an electromagnetic field that you can now take pictures of. I know a lot of beautiful yogis that practice kundalini yoga, especially that actually when you take a picture of them, there's this beautiful radiant light that surrounds them. And you saw this a lot. You see this a lot with uh, enlightened beings like Jesus Christ, like Buddha, Yogananda. That's another one. Many people, you don't necessarily like see it, but you can sense it. In fact, a healer. And that's one of the things that for me, because I work with uh, yoga therapy, Kundalini yoga therapy. So I work with women every single day that are disrupting some serious ancestral karmic patterns. I mean, in my community and in my coaching one-on-one, we've disrupted ancestral karmic patterns of sexual abuse, of physical abuse, of emotional abuse. We've disrupted ancestral karmic patterns of suicide, of, of uh, depression, addiction, anxiety, of prosperity blockages. So this is some deep stuff. So the most important part of my job as a yoga therapist, as a spiritual mentor, is to keep my aura, my electromagnetic field nice and cleansed. This is why I have a very disciplined practice. Every single morning, I wake up at 3.37 in the morning, and then I practice my sadhana until about 6.30 in the morning, which is part of my academy. I actually invite the women into my, my sadhana to help them as well with their discipline so my electromagnetic field has to be very cleansed and other things that affect my electromagnetic field or my aura are like alcohol which is why I stopped I healed from an addiction to alcohol completely which opened up my healing capabilities even more other things that still impact me are caffeine of course marijuana which I tell I many times have shared with you my experience with using the plant first as an addiction and then ceremoniously, but we absolutely, it's a, it's a frequency that will impact that auric field as well. There's also um, different foods we eat that basically either strengthen it or weaken it, your thoughts and your feelings and emotions. That's the most important thing. If we heal, and that's, this is the biophysical part now. So like when you heal your nervous system through techniques, meditations, this is the SWC method that I teach what happens is that your auric field changes as well. Why does it change? Well, it changes because you have you, you start having different thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Those vibrations start to change, which ultimately, if you heal your nervous system, you also start making better choices about the foods you eat, right? So it's not like you want to go on a diet. You have to deal with why the pain. Like you don't want to stop the addiction. You don't want to focus on why the addiction, why the pain. If we deal with the pain and we deal with the nervous system, then everything else changes, right? So it's not that difficult to understand. If you change your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, your vibration is going to be different. Your aura, which is this electromagnetic field, also serves as your immune system. So this is not a coincidence when I, especially work with clients, we talk about how when they're going through major like life transitions or they had someone in their family pass away they're going through a divorce, they're going through a level up even, they're, they're opening a new business, right? It's not just healing. Of course, the stress is going to be pushing on the nervous system, which you're going to be having more emotions, right? So if you don't have a technique to process those emotions, what's going to happen is your immune system is going to get weaker. Why? Your thoughts, feelings, or emotions are weakening your electromagnetic field around you, which then makes you more susceptible to getting sick. And I, I've even had this conversation recently with a client where she was like, and I got sick. And not only did I get sick, it took me forever to get better again. Well, that's normal. Why? Because she's going through a major transition in her life. 
So instead of pushing against that, it's very important as part of the healing journey to be aware of that and to learn how to allow the body to rest because there is so much healing that happens in resting and relaxation. And a lot of the work that I do also helps women not feel shameful or guilty when the body does respond in breaking down or getting sick, right? And in, in truly surrendering because the body is wiser than philosophy and it teaches us so much about what is really happening, right? Emotionally and spiritually. And so the auric field must be basically cleansed every single day as well as strengthened and healed if you've ever been through really serious traumatic experiences. So one way that we do that is like I share with you all, and this is something that I teach inside of my academy, is chanting. So chanting sacred sound frequency mantra. All of our traumas, all of our, our, our programs of unworthiness, of you're not good enough, of, of you, women should be quiet and sit in, 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 in a chair and basically not talk or be heard or seen. All those programs that you don't even know you have, you know, what, what, what happens with sound frequency is they were created through sound. Everything's created through sound. So when you chant sacred sound frequency, this is why it's a science of energy. It's not a religion. Kundalini yoga is a technology that came before religions. I mean, it's 5,000 years old. So what you have to do is you have to introduce a new sound frequency. So chanting for me, a lot of people are like, wow, how does that even, how does that give you in or what does it do for you? Well, first of all, it gives me natural energy because I'm using breath, which is the most powerful aspect also of, of healing ourselves and creating natural energy. I Meaning, you don't need to go get some coffee ladies or some Red Bulls or things of that nature. So as I'm creating energy through my own voice, that sound frequency is then moving through my chakra system, which is our energy centers. It's clear, clearing, purifying, cleansing. It's also rewiring pulling that energy, allowing that energy to move up to the crown chakra. The crown chakra is where our brain is as well. Rewiring, getting into the subconscious, into those neurons so that we can bring nice, fresh oxygen so that we can create those moments of equanimity and stillness so that the healing can actually occur. So then you're introducing a new sound frequency instead of the frequency you've been carrying of trauma. So mantra is a really, really, really important aspect that there's nothing more powerful for self-healing than your own voice, vocal toning. Like I listen to mantra all day while I work, sleeping with mantra. I've had women, uh, my teacher, Hadi John, was talking about this woman who her daughter was having nightmares in the, um, uh, at sleep, during sleep time. So he recommended that she played the specific mantra in the evening or and all throughout the night she started playing the mantra throughout the night very first night the little girl stopped having nightmares why because her crown chakra wasn't open to let the other energies in and there was another sound frequency that was in basically interfering with the other frequency that was coming into her subconscious so they can be used in very many different ways now, this week, I shared with you all a really, really powerful meditation in my weekly newsletter, which you can actually also go find in my YouTube channel. And this is a meditation for healing self-animosity and for self-acceptance. Now, it's a simple meditation. I think a lot of people get so confused. Like, uh, for example, my mother-in-law was here with this. She was staying with us while her house was being built. And she saw that I did a lot of coaching, a lot of therapy work with, with, with people and, and, you know, she had this completely different idea of what meditation was. I think people think when they think meditation, it's like, is it a religion? Number one, which is not it's a science. Right. And number two, it's like, well, do I have to go into a coma or I'm not doing it right? And, and the meditation I taught her was one that it's a breathing technique to help her stabilize her nervous system and rewire the brain. And has not, and she's like, wow, this is what meditation is. And I was like, yeah, there's different aspects of meditation. And in fact, many days when I'm in meditation, I am not at peace. I am processing emotions and processing feelings, right? I'm not, instead of suppressing them, because what happens when you, what is depression? Depression is suppressed emotions. For a long time, you've been told to suppress your emotions. So that's what depression is. So 
there's nothing wrong with emotions. It's learning to honor them and having, a, again, there's nothing wrong with stress, right? It's learning to have this moment in time and space to process it. Now, the SW method that I created for my academy, that's a specific method to actually just re- patterns, right? That these are specific meditations that are geared for that specific spiritual psychotherapy work that's going to get you those results, right? So it's an actual method, but in general, that's what meditation does for us. This meditation, because it uses the power of breath, so it doesn't use mantra, you can, your, your breath becomes the mantra and it's not a very difficult sequence. It's basically inhaling and exhaling through the mouth and, and, People think that's simple. Yes, three minutes a day, three minutes a day. That's all you need. 40 days minimum consecutively practicing this meditation. And you will start to release the gray matter of that brain so that you can release the emotions that make you hate yourself so much. Whether that is because of the religious programming, whether it is because of your childhood traumas, the ancestral wounds you're carrying. It doesn't even matter why, honestly. And it really doesn't. And and, and uh, some women, that's one of the most common questions that they ask me, like, okay, I'm gonna start this meditation. Do I need to tell the meditation what wound or what healing I need? Or do I need to know what healing needs to happen? Absolutely not. In fact, if you do that, you're controlling the meditation. Meditation is a discipline of an appointment with yourself. I see it as an appointment with my inner child. When you go through trauma, you learn to abandon your inner child. You learn to run away, numb yourself. Well, for me, my meditation practice, my sadhana, my daily sadhana is an appointment with self, with that inner child, which then my inner child learns to trust me again because she knows I'm coming back every single day to sit with her for however long that's going to be. So as you develop that trust back with the inner child, that relationship with self starts to heal and you stop hating yourself, which then allows you to feel worthy of God's guidance, your own. If you don't believe in God, the highest version of you, which is when you're feeling in gratitude or in love, that's God, right? So that guidance, not only to hear it, because we, a lot of us hear it, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life, but to actually do something about it because you still need energy. You need chi. And that's where meditation comes in. Again, when you're powering up with your own uh, sound, with your own breath, you don't need the coffee. You can deal with the stresses that are going to come from walking in your dharmic purpose. It's not like I don't have stress anymore because I'm serving my purpose. It's just that I have the tools to process it. So I don't go back into my old programming, right? So it's a double, it's like a double-edged sword, right? You have to not only get the guidance, get clear, clear your system, heal the unworthiness, but then you got to have the energy to actually step into it and do something about it, right? Create a business around it, whatever that looks like, which takes me back to dharmic purpose. And this is where the healing takes you deeper and you'll know you're in dharmic purpose if you are serving and you are basically your creation is not just serving you, but it's serving the whole. It's serving the collective. I think a lot of us, when we hear life purpose and we, 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 think, we think we need to go chase after something that makes us come alive or we're passionate about and we focus only on like us, 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 us but we don't really look at how that vehicle is going to serve the collective. If you shift your perspective and you perhaps looked at those wounds that you were able to heal, that makes you an amazing teacher in this age of Aquarius, right? And if you're able to come not from a place of a badge of honor where you're carrying that wound in that way, we were talking so much about that this week in our academy and in, in our coaching, but in a way from, if I can do it, you can do, and it's joyful. And, and you get clear on who you're serving, even in business, right? Like we know this, I used to be a business coach, right? So understanding your niche and your audience, but on a spiritual level, if you can get clear on how your purpose serves the collective or serves a specific person, audience, 
everything else is going to fall into place a lot easier because you're not going to be coming from your egoic mind or your inner child that is wounded, that is creating for approval again, creating to, for your mom to finally love you or your dad to say, good job, or for society to say, look at her. That's how you're going to align with the intentions of the true divinity within you, your soul. And when you hit that point, everything becomes so easy. It's ease and flow. You realize you're a vessel for the divinity. And you constantly also, one of the things that I do all the time, I have conversations with God, is should I perform this miracle? And I can tell you that my relationship with God is and it has a lot to do with chanting in the morning is so strong that I receive guidance immediately. And a big part of the Dharmic purpose is being able to hear that guidance and to say yes, because if you're not able to, then that idea from God is just going to move on to someone else. So your auric field, this meditation is key for it. If you are feeling like you're not feeling worthy, if you're feeling stuck, especially in your business, if you're feeling like you need to make some major decisions, this autumn equinox happening tomorrow, I highly suggest you go check out this meditation. Like I said, you can find it on my YouTube channel, which is Veronica Barragan. I am. It's on my Instagram um, handle as one of the links. I will post it down below. If you're on YouTube, you're right here. You can just click right at the bottom of the videos and check it out. The other thing is I invite you to also sign up for my weekly newsletter. I send it out typically on Monday. Yesterday it went out on Tuesday or this week it went out on Tuesday just because I was in Crestone, Colorado. And just as much as I thought I was going to get so much done over there, I had to really uh, be with the moment. I had to be with nature. I had to release a lot. And then it took me like a day when I got back to like even integrate everything that had happened. So it really prepared me for this autumn equinox, but I, I'm also learning to honor myself and when to use my energy and, and when to learn to integrate before I speak, which helped me tons this week, I'm telling you. So sign up for the newsletter. It goes out every week in it. And I only, not only do I share with you a weekly Kundalini yoga meditation, but I share with you ancestral guidance. There's also spiritual psychotherapy prompts for the week. Uh, everything that's happening in the community. So it really keeps you up to date with all the things that we're working on. One of the announcements I made on there this week, ladies, and this is where I want to invite you all. A big download that I received in uh, Crestone while I was there was to open this up to, to a community, the community of women that are part of our audience, whether you're following me on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, or you're part of my email newsletter. I thank you and I welcome you and I honor you. And one of the downloads that I was receiving was to open up the workshop tomorrow, which is at 6 p.m. Mountain Center time. This is my autumn activation rites of passage, passage workshop where you'll be practicing specific Kundalini energy work to initiate yourself because nobody can initiate you. This is a big rites of passage. I, the women in my community have been sharing with me some of the things that they've been going through. And I tell them, you know, in ancient times, and I believe it still happens, there's a specific tribe. I don't remember exactly where the tribe was from, but for their rites of passage, they would basically, the young men would have to stick their hand in this anthill. And these were not regular ants. They were like ants that, if they bit you, like you would feel the pain for days, right? So that was in order to initiate them into their new life, they had to put their hand in there. And I tell them, this is kind of what this feels like this week. There's so much emotions. There's a lot of crying, a lot of truths being unveiled, a lot of repeating patterns and programs that I can assure you, they, all, they do look like obstacles. They're just challenges. Do not allow the mind to take you back to believe that it was a car. It's part of the past or the karma that you've cleared already. This is not the universe punishing you. This is not the time to abort the mission or to quit. In fact, this is the time to use your faith, to use divine wisdom, to pay attention to the synchronicities 
can to use the energy tomorrow, especially to stay in very high frequency, meaning what are you eating? How are you waking up? Are you actually meditating? And so tomorrow, because it's going to be such a high energy day, I invite you to join us for our Equinox workshop. It is going to be at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. If you're interested in joining us, all you have to do is send me a DM. You can send me a PM on Facebook. You can also send me an email. You all have my email as well. Send me a message and I will reply back with the access information for tomorrow's virtual workshop. So it is virtual. So this is awesome for all of you that I know have uh, kind of asked about uh, more opportunities to join us as well as uh, virtually and in present in person, which I do have to talk to you all about as well. But uh, if you want to join us, this is complimentary. I'm opening up to all of you. It is going to be a very powerful group of women. So do expect a lot of alchemy and change. Send me a DM. I will send you the details. You don't have to have any experience with Kundalini yoga or meditation. This is going to be a really powerful evening of women coming together and really intentionally setting our destiny intentionally aligning with our destiny so you can send me a dm and those ladies that are already joining us and coming bring a friend bring a sister have them join us because it's going to be a powerful evening if you are called to i do invite you also to bring a white candle we will be lighting it as a symbolism of, of what we're moving through and also wear white it helps your aura what are we talking about today our aura right so it actually expands your aura even more and you are more mindful and more conscious. So which means you're more of a a vessel to actually receive the messages of the divinity, especially as it relates to Dharmic purpose and what we are here to do. So check it out uh, tomorrow, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. For those that can't join us at that time, there will be a replay, a live replay. So I will send that to you uh, 24 hours within from the event. So just shoot me a DM, a PM, like I said, and uh, we'll get you going. Pirate Life for Jag, we would love to have you there. So just send me a DM and I will send you the access information. I would love for you to join us. Thank you so much for being part of our community. Rukia said, Sedna confirmation. I hope that this resonated, sis, and that this uh, helped you align even more with this Equinox magic. We got some major alchemy happening for sure. Yolanda says, wow, now I understand the why of the ring around images of Jesus and saints. Yeah, that's what it is. It's an aura. So we don't have to like make it all new agey or, you know, uh, love and light kind of number jambalaya that people talk about all the time. (laughs) Let me make sure I didn't miss anything else. I didn't. Oh, the last thing I will say, one of the things that was really, really a big calling to me was to start doing some physical in-person immersions. I call them immersions because they're more than a retreat. It's a, it's three very intense days with me to basically have the spiritual breakthrough you need to disrupt major ancestral patterns. And I've been wanting to do this for some time. I just, everything didn't align. And uh, now not only was I ready, but everything fell onto my lap, like location, everything. I'm not kidding you. So we are hosting our very first, actually in October, the first one sold out, but we have a new date, ladies, for those of you that are not on my newsletter. A reminder, we still have three spots left for my three-day Sovereign Woman Immersion happening right before the eclipse, October 14th through the 16th. It is happening in gorgeous Phoenix, Arizona on Camelback Mountain in this gorgeous home. It's literally one of the highest homes on the mountain. It sits right underneath the very famous praying monk. So you can imagine the energy and the alchemy that is going to be happening there. We have a 360 view of the entire city. It is a gorgeous property. We're going to be enjoying organic, wonderful, high vibrational food for these three days. And you're going to be spending three days with me and practicing a lot of Kundalini yoga therapy, early morning satna. We're going to be purifying body, mind, and spirit. It's going to be intense. There's going to be a cacao ceremony to welcome you, as well as a womb healing ceremony on the following night. So expect life-changing breakthroughs. Like I said, there are three spots left, and this is for the weekend of 10-14 to 10-16 happening in Phoenix, Arizona. These locations will change. I will be hosting one in Sedona, 
There's going to be one in Crestone, Colorado. So look out for those. Not this year, because this year I have way too much going on. Like I'll be traveling to Mexico a lot in October and in November and in December. So I don't want to overwhelm myself, but October, like everything lined up and God said it's time. So I'm really, really excited and honored to welcome the next three women that will be joining us. So that's 1014 to 1016. You can go to veronicabarraganiam.com forward slash immersion. I-M-M-E-R-S-I-O-N has all the details, who it's for, who it's not for, what to expect. It gives you information about where we're going to be, the location. It's a really beautiful, luxurious property. So do expect a high-end experience. So go check that out. And if you're interested, there's an application. And then we talk a little bit more and we'll see if we're a good fit and you can join us as well. So that's 1014 through 1016. There's so much happening. I'm telling you again, I'm trying to catch up, but I'm not complaining. I'm very, very grateful. I'm very grateful for this equinox and all that it has given me already. And I'm very grateful for the sacred practice of not just Kundalini yoga. You all know how much A Course in Miracles means to me as well. And you know how important it is as it relates to the method that I teach. So uh, big, big gratitude as we enter into this portal for the automatic equinox. I hope that you are feeling these vibrations as well. I truly do hope that you are seeing the opportunities that are being bestowed upon us and that you are focusing on all the great things that are already happening in your life by stabilizing that nervous system, healing the brain and disrupting any ancestral patterns that are blocking you from seeing your divinity. I thank you all so much for being part of this community. Thank you for all those that contributed today and shared your beautiful energy. I love you all so much, so, so much. And I'm excited to continue to share with you all as we move through this movement of women disrupting ancestral karmic patterns in their lineage. Have a blessed equinox, go meditate and step into your power. Sudden. Mm-hmm.